0: Welcome to an Apple a
1: Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy and healthy life. Not as disabled people, but as people with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple.
0: Welcome to another episode of An Apple a Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. How are you feeling today, my friend? You're feeling good? You're feeling strong? You're feeling better than you did yesterday? Excellent. You can't ask for better than that. We have got a good one for you today. Today is part one of our series on narcissism. Being that we are people with disabilities, we have enough problems to deal with We don't have to deal with narcissistic people around us. That includes parents, family members, partners. That's what we're dealing with today. Narcissistic partners. You're probably saying, well, I'm not sure I have a narcissistic partner. Well, that's what this is all about. Do you have a narcissistic partner? Sometimes people with disabilities, we have... Uh, for lack of a better term, lower self-esteem. We feel like we've, we've failed in certain areas. We're grasping at straws where uh, we, we think less of ourselves. And you're probably saying, no, Jimmy, I don't. But yes, you do. If you really step back and take a look, take a good, hard look at yourself, we seem to have a lower self-esteem. We think less of ourselves, and we, we're willing to accept less than what we deserve. And that's a problem. That's a constant problem for people who suffer with a disability. For whatever reason, I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't pretend to be a psychiatrist. But I've seen this in so many people that I come in contact with. In, when I deal with people with disabilities, it's something that it's just not fair, it, but it's there. We have to think better about ourselves because if we don't love us, who else is going to love us? And that's what we're talking about today. Narcissists that, who come into our life and we don't realize, I think, I think, we don't realize that the people that we're dealing with are are narcissists, and they're taking advantage of us. And I want you to realize this. I want you to see the signs of a narcissistic partner and what you can do about it, what you should do about it. So I want you to sit back, relax, and listen to what Dave has to tell you in part one of our series on narcissism. And this is about, again, like I said, narcissistic partners. You're going to find this very interesting and you may see a light go off in your head going oh my god this is me this is my partner and if you do don't feel bad about it don't get upset we're going to discuss it more after Dave gets done talking to us so sit back relax and listen to what Dave has to say
1: Hi friends! What's up? Today, I'll be discussing Narcissism. We'll be talking about Narcissistic Personality Disorder, a mental disorder that many survivors of abuse come across in their search for answers when questioning why their partner is making the choices they're making. According to the official manual of the American Psychiatric Association that classifies and defines mental health disorders, Narcissistic Personality Disorder or NPD is a pattern of grandiose self-importance and a lack of empathy, which typically begins in early adulthood. A person with NPD may exaggerate their achievements and talents, or expect to be recognized as superior without accomplishments to support this. Be preoccupied with fantasies of success, power, brilliance, beauty or ideal love. Believe that he or she is special and unique and can only be understood by or should associate with other special or high-status individuals. Require excessive admiration. Have a sense of entitlement or unreasonable expectations of overly favorable treatment or expect automatic compliance with his or her expectations. Take advantage of others to achieve their requirements. Lack empathy and is unwilling to recognize or identify with the feelings and needs of others is often envious of others or believes that others are envious of them and or demonstrates arrogant or better than attitudes and behaviors. Individuals with NPD don't respond to criticism or defeat well, and may act out in anger or withdraw completely. While some individuals with NPD can be high achievers, the researchers have also found high rates of substance abuse, mood and anxiety disorders in those with NPD. Besides checking off any of the boxes mentioned, researchers tell us that a survivor can tell they're in a relationship with a narcissistic abuser if the abuser never admits fault or takes responsibility for anything. Narcissistic abusers will also use gaslighting to make a survivor believe that their memories of events are inaccurate or blown out of proportion, tend to get very angry and walk out of counseling sessions. Advocates warn couples counseling will not stop abuse anyhow. Shame victims about anything from their accomplishments to the previous trauma they suffered, insinuating they deserved it somehow. Often stay cool, calm and collected, sometimes even amused, when their partner is visibly distraught. Project their faults and wrongdoings onto a victim, such as blaming their partner for lying or cheating when it's actually the abuser who is doing those things. Change the subject in conversations in order to evade any accountability, a.k.a. Turning the blame back onto something the victim did instead, even if it's not relevant. Have circular, nonsensical, and seemingly never ending conversations in order to frustrate their victim to the point where they are more likely to give up. Love bombing a victim, showering them with grand gestures of affection and attention only to begin tearing down their self esteem later on. The victim then craves the original amount of admiration back, beginning a dangerous cycle of psychological abuse. According to Psychology Today, treatment for NPD can be tricky because those who have it feel a sense of grandiose importance and are highly defensive of criticism, which makes it difficult for them to admit they're living with NPD or to seek treatment. Talk therapy by a trained professional may help those with NPD relate to others in a healthier way. However, whether or not abuse will end by treating NPD is another story. Treating one won't automatically stop the other but some advocates believe batterer treatment programs can end abusive behaviors in individuals who are truly committed to changing. Abusive partners can have a multitude of obstacles in their lives, from mental health disorders like NPD to substance abuse to post-traumatic stress disorder to unresolved childhood trauma. But the same can be said for non-abusive individuals as well. This is why it's important to remember that being abusive is a choice abusers make, and it can't be blamed on an obstacle or cause in the abuser's life. An abuser diagnosed with NPD just means the abuser has two issues now, mental illness and being an abuser. By the abuser convincing the survivor that the abuse he or she is inflicting is out of their control, the survivor may feel a sense of guilt or obligation to stay. The abuser may try to excuse abusive incidents with something like, it's not my fault, I have this disorder. Remember that not everyone with a mental health disorder is abusive. Abusers may tell a survivor they're going to get better, are working on it, and just need a survivor's help in overcoming their mental health issues. They may say something like, I can't do it without you or you're the only one who can help me. Survivors may begin to feel responsible for helping to stop the abuse. On the contrary, an abuser may also blame a survivor for the abuse, saying things like, Why can't you just do what I ask? Or I was only violent because you got mad at me first. A senior lecturer in the Department of Psychology at the University of Texas at Austin told DomesticShelters.org that they believes the only solution to helping some survivors see abuse is not their fault, or their responsibility to end, is by leaving. Only with distance can you see the dynamics. If you are still in contact, the abuser will likely use that pity channel effectively, they say. Your partner is interested in maintaining the status quo and will say or do whatever it takes to gain control of the situation again. Most abusers don't change because they don't think they have to. Only a survivor knows when it's safest to leave an abusive partner. If a survivor chooses to stay with someone who has NPD, there may be a rollercoaster effect to the relationship. There will be good days and bad days, but the bad days can get far darker than those in a relationship with a healthy person. Abuse almost always escalates, and a survivor should pay attention to the warning signs. Gradual escalation looks like verbal insults becoming more degrading, an abusers control ramping up, a victim is no longer allowed to leave the house without permission, and threats becoming more alarming. If you're not back by nine, you're going to regret it. Sudden escalation looks like an abrupt change from, say, verbal insults to physical assaults. An abuser may suddenly shove a victim against the wall to make a point, or abuse a child or family pet. They may, fly off the handle, and begin throwing objects, punch a hole through a wall or show a victim the gun they keep in the drawer, just in case. It's important a partner always listens to his or her gut, or intuition. If something feels off, or increasingly dangerous, it probably is. If you have a bad feeling about a partner, don't ignore it gift of fear author and violence expert gavin de becker lists 13 messengers of intuition things you may feel when you're around someone that signal something is worth paying attention to they include nagging feelings persistent thoughts anxiety curiosity hunches gut feelings doubt hesitation suspicion apprehension and or fear Leaving a narcissistic abuser will be tricky because the mind games, manipulation, veiled or overt threats, and guilt trips will only intensify. Consider these steps when leaving an abusive partner. Call an advocate and talk about a safety plan. Involve your children in the safety plan. Consider where you'll stay while you separate from an abusive partner. Secure an order of protection and take steps to safety afterward. Don't respond to an abuser's attempts to stalk you. After leaving an abuser, it's important to also work on repairing your self-esteem which an abuser has likely torn down. Do something for yourself that makes you remember who you are, be it taking a solo vacation, an art class or simply dancing around the house to your favorite music. Does any of this sound familiar to you? If so, you're not gonna want to miss this several episode series on narcissism and a person with a disability. I'm gonna pass this back over to Jimmy. Have a great rest of your day.
0: Hey, thanks, Dave. Well, my friends, what did you think? Did you see yourself in this story? Did you see your relationship in this story? It's a terrible situation to find yourself in. I'm sure not everybody did, but I'm sure some of you did. And what are you going to do about it? You can't stay in a situation like this, what, like what Dave described. It's not healthy for you. We have enough problems on our shoulders. We don't have to have somebody else's problems put on top of that. You're worth more than some narcissistic fool. And it's not going to be easy. Believe me. Believe me when I tell you it's not going to be easy to get rid of them. You're going to have to fight for all you're worth. You're going to have to dig, claw, and scratch your way away from them just to get your self-esteem back. You don't have to go it alone. You can go to your primary care physician and tell them, look, I need to speak to a psychiatrist or I need to speak to a psychologist to speak to a professional. You have to be able to have someone that you can sound off on someone that you can tell your problems to, someone that can help you ink out a roadmap to get out of the situation that you're in with a narcissistic partner. It's not that easy to do on your own because every time you go to make that move to get out, they're going to pull you back in, to quote the Godfather. They're going to pull you back in. They're going to tell you, oh, I love you, I love you, I need you. Only you can help me. And as soon as you fall back into it, they're going to claw all over you again and they're going to keep on pushing you down. You need someone to give you that push, to give you that oomph, that shove to get you out of it. And it's not easy. Believe me when I tell you, it's not easy. You're going to have to go it alone. You're going to need some really good friends. You're going to need people to talk to. And if you have nobody... There, there are resources out there. There's the crisis hotline that you can call 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. It's 988. It's the crisis hotline. Dial 988 and talk to a live person 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And they can help you through this. You don't have to do it alone. You can talk to your clergyman. There are so many people out there that you can talk to to get you through this. Safe places that you can go. You're stronger than you think, but you don't have to be with a narcissist. You don't have to be with an abuser. Just remember, you're a strong, formidable person. No matter what you feel like, no matter what you feel like, you have to know in your head you are a strong person and you're worth more than having some narcissist wrapped around your neck like an albatross, like an anchor in the ocean. You don't need that. Take a look at your situation, assess it. Don't make a herky-jerky, jump-off-the-roof move either. Look at your situation and talk with a professional. Like I said, there's people out there. Talk with a professional before you make some jumpy move. Now, on our next episode of narcissism. In narcissism part 2, we're going to talk about the narcissistic parent. Not the one you grew up with, the one that you have right now. So buckle up, buttercup, cuz that's going to be a real fun one. I want you to remember, no matter what, you are a special person. You are worth being loved. You are a strong formidable person no matter what no matter what anyone tries to tell you you are worth being loved you're not you're not less of anything just because you have a disability does not make you less of a person you are worth as much as anybody else out there you are a strong formidable person, worthy of love and respect, no matter what. Remember that, my friends. And remember this, no matter what, things can always be worse. Right now, somebody somewhere was wishing that they were in your position, so things can always be worse. Remember, watch for episode number two on narcissism. It'll be narcissism and and the parent. Have a great day. I'll talk to you again real soon. My name is Jimmy Apple, and this is an Apple a Day.